0: It's game day, Tampa Bay. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live.
1: Left circle Stamkos, hold, hold,
0: shoots, gone. Stamkos again. The latest Lightning news, interviews, and more. Wow. With your host Greg Linelli. That's great, folks. That's great, right there. On Lightning Power Play.
2: You know, it was interesting. Tuesday nights Vancouver entered that game having won seven in a row, but you weren't really sold on Vancouver. Vancouver is an up-and-coming team, but as we saw that game, Tampa Bay really steamrolled them, even though the game was close early on. I understand that. You put up nine goals on a team who uh, enters having won seven in a row. I think it makes you pause a bit and you ask yourself the question, all right, well, how good is Vancouver? Hey, Vancouver is good, but... Are they Stanley Cup material at this point? No. Are they playoff material? We'll find out. The team coming into Amalie Arena tonight, I don't know if you have those questions, even though they haven't made the playoffs since 2012. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, the Arizona Coyotes have put together a very solid roster. It's a good mix of young players and old players who have blended nicely together. They're getting good goaltending. And they've got a head coach who has won in this league, meaning the ultimate prize. Even though it was as an assistant coach, you still have to be behind the bench to experience that. And he did firsthand a couple of times, Rick talking. So tonight I feel like is more of a challenge than Tuesday nights. Now look, Tampa Bay could leave this game scoring seven goals and... We have the same questions about Arizona that we did with Vancouver. At least I would. But I get the sense that what Vancouver, or excuse me, that what Arizona is doing so far this year is not a fluke. And not that Vancouver is a fluke, but less fluky, I should say. When you take a look at Arizona, you know, before the season started, they got Phil Castle and they wanted to upgrade their talent offensively. You knew they had guys like Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller. And you factor in some younger guys like Christian Dvorak. On the back end, you have guys like Goligoski, Ekman Larson. But you also have guys like Michael Grabner, who's a 30-goal scorer in this league. And what I'm saying is, up and down that roster, they've got guys who have put up some numbers. And that, I think, is encouraging for them. Then, obviously, you bring in Taylor Hall, and now you really get a superstar up front. Factor that all in, and you've got a team who's in first place in the Pacific Division. So I think a good challenge for both teams, for sure. But I'll be interested to see a team in Arizona that only gives up the third-fewest goals in the game. How does Tampa Bay react to playing a team like that? And I actually think Tampa Bay, they way, the way they finished that game against Vancouver, but really the way they've played... I keep going back to the Global Series... I think they'll adjust very well to the type of game that Arizona wants to play. Arizona's not going to want to muck and grind. I mean, I think they want to push play for sure. I just think they're pretty responsible defensively. They don't score a ton of goals, but I don't think they want to sit back either. I think we're talking once once they get the puck to go and make a play. Don't necessarily just dump the puck in. Be creative. He was very complimentary of the Tampa Bay Lightning earlier today at the morning skate. Saying, look, you know a a team that's well-coached when the player with a puck has three options and the guys that are around him, his teammates around him, there are three players surrounding the puck, giving him an outlet to make a play. So I think they're going to be up for the game tonight. But I think the Tampa Bay Lightning will be ready to go. Time will tell. We'll find out. But I think the Lightning, a nice test for them here at Amelie Arena. It is Lightning Power Play Live. Glad you're with us here on Lightning Power Play. We are live here at Amelie Arena. I am your host, Greg Linnelli. Hit me up on Twitter, at Greg Linelli. Coming up on the show today, in our next segment, from Sun Sports, the outstanding play-by-play man for the Lightning, Rick Peckham. Then, at 6 o'clock, Joe Smith from The Athletic. And then at 6.15, Richard Morin from the Arizona Republic will get a scouting report on this Coyotes team. It was interesting, some tweets coming in today. I want to get to a couple here in this segment. Regarding this Lightning team and their start, Travis says, Greg, did I miss you and Eric? Quote, I told you so speech. The Bolts are up six spots in the NHL power rankings in one wink and currently have a hell of a win streak in a playoff spot. And while that is true, I think it's a situation where when you take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think we all felt like they were going to right the ship. And as I said before, there are a lot of people who are very critical of this team that aren't showing up. And That's to be expected. You know, if Tampa Bay goes through a little bit of a rough spell, you'll see them come back out and say, I told you so, I told you so. And quite frankly, if the Lightning don't win the Stanley Cup, you're going to have people that at the end of the day, they're going to say, I told you so. And if they do win it, they'll say, well, why didn't didn't they do it last year? I mean, you can't win with some of these people. And that's why, for the most part, Twitter is a very toxic environment. And you probably should limit your time on it as much as possible. Although, don't limit it as much when uh, my show is on because we want to interact with you. But I I think a lot of reasonable people felt like, you know what, this team's playing pretty well. Maybe they're not getting rewarded the way you'd like, but don't compare this team to last year. Last year, a lot of things went well. This year, they've had to grind it. There's been some adversity. But as I told you, I I thought the adversity, and I think the adversity, will make this team better come playoff time. And I think that's going to be a good thing for them. But I also think during this time, they are playing a style that makes you believe that when things go wrong they're going to be better equipped to handle it. I do think they're playing a bit better defensively. Maybe a lot better defensively, depending on what game. I do think they are, for the most part, taking better care of the puck. Does that translate into the playoffs? Look, folks, I I, I can't tell you it will. I think we'll, we'll find out. Because as I told you before, the playoffs and the regular season, they're different animals. Playoffs, everything's magnified more. The intensity's raised. You're playing better teams. Scouting reports become... A bigger deal you know the tendencies of your opponent a lot more you know so there's a lot of factors that you deal with in the playoffs that you don't in the regular season that being said we have to go off of what we see and what we see here in the regular season is a team that I think is trying to play a way that allows them to be successful come playoff time and I think they're doing it better I think you have to give credit where credit's due and I think you have to like where the lightning are the offensive numbers are there even though it seems like maybe it's not. I mean, they've had a couple of games where they've scored nine goals. Leading the league in goal scoring, their power play continues to be tremendous. Their PKs improved tremendously. These are all things that you should be excited about. And as I said before, some of the guys that maybe got off to a bit of a slow start, I think are starting to elevate their play a bit. And those two players would be Braden Point and Andre Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky, we know what he's done so far this year. He reached 20 wins for the fourth straight season on Tuesday. Won his sixth consecutive start. Hasn't lost in regulation since December 14th. Is he playing as well as he did last year? No. But if Tampa Bay plays better defense, he doesn't have to be. But he's starting to play well, and I think Brighton Point. He's at a point per game. No pun intended. No pun intended. But you feel like he's starting to find his rhythm a bit. And the puck's finding his stick. And he's starting to finish. 18 goals on the year. Leads the team. I mean, think about it. Braden Point had off-season hip surgery. Basically missed training camp. Couldn't do anything. And he's leading the team in goals. Now, granted, you've got Stamkos and Killorn with 17. And Kucherov with a 15. So it's not by a wide margin but it it probably speaks to how good Braden Point is more than anything else. But once he starts to really continue to get his timing down, folks, you're talking about a guy who the second half of the season, which we're in, can really take off. I mean, you could see him putting up another 40 points, maybe even more. Who knows? And the whole Ryan McDonough situation, again, that's probably the one blemish, but it's an injury and those happen. As I said... On my show and and many other shows that I've been on as a guest, I think the defensive core for the Tampa Bay Lightning currently right now is the most talented defensive core in Lightning history. Victor Hedman is considered maybe the best defenseman in the league. Mikhail Sergachev has made strides to the point where I think you can make a case he's a top four defenseman. Kevin Shattenkirk can be an elite defenseman offensively. Chernak and McDonough are very solid, and you have three veterans in Coburn, Ruta, and Shen, who, when called upon, can give you very, very good minutes. It's not always going to be pretty. I I get that. But for the most part, Tampa Bay's had a lot better moments performing very well than poorly this year, and I think they're starting to get rewarded. We'll talk about that coming up in our next segment with Rick Peckham get his thoughts on what's happening here with this team. Joe Smith coming up at 6. And then Richard Morn from the Arizona Republic coming up at 6.15. We're getting you set for Lightning and Coyotes. Hit me up on Twitter if you're going to the game. We'll take a break. We'll come back right here on Lightning Power Play.
0: You're You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live.
2: Left circle. Crosses Johnson. Right circle. Jump score!
0: Snipe! The latest news, interviews, and more with your host, Greg Linnelli. He won that be denied! On Lightning Power Play.
2: All right, we're getting you set for Lightning and Coyotes. Should be a good one uh, tonight here at Amley Arena. Of course, the Lightning on a tremendous win streak. But Arizona, maybe the biggest surprise to the National Hockey League, at least one of them in first place in the Pacific And, uh, again, this should be a a fun matchup. And the guy that's going to be calling the game on the TV side from Sun Sports, Rick Peckham, the great Rick Peckham, joining us here on the show. Rick, first off, great to be with you. Thank you so much. Nice to be with
3: you, Greg. Thanks for inviting me on.
2: Absolutely. Um, We were talking a bit off air, but this game is intriguing. I think most people thought the Lightning would be in this situation, at least in the playoffs, 40-some games in. But to see Arizona where they are this year in first place, I think – um, even if you were the, the biggest Coyotes fan, you'd have to take this and say, wow, that's that's
3: pretty good. Things are really coming together all at once for them. I was just talking with Matt McCollin, uh, who does such a great job on the TV side with, uh, with uh, the Coyotes, and, and just talking about how it's all come together to where... You know, they had these young guys like Clayton Keller who had to find their way and Jacob Chikrin, and they kind of stumbled around a little bit uh, because they didn't come into an organization like the Lightning where the veteran leadership was in place. So now they're starting to figure it out. Rick Tockett does an excellent job, as we know, as a head coach and and has uh, for a couple of years here. John Chyka, their young GM, is now bringing in some good quality depth guys. And now you get the veteran game breakers like Taylor Hall last month and Phil Kessel to start the right. season. So, it's all kind of coming together for them and from that standpoint, you know, you can't be that surprised that they've got such a great road record, but they've been knocking off some big teams here yeah. along the
2: way. Speaking of coming together, the Lightning are putting together quite a streak right now. What's impressed you most about this this one streak that they're on?
3: Probably just uh, seeing the structure that the coaches have talked about Endlessly, (laughs) that we hear about, you know, after good times and bad, well, you know, our structure wasn't good. We we need to tighten this up. We need to do this. We need to do that and kind of change or focus differently defensively. And we're seeing that. We're seeing the forwards uh, working harder. I've always maintained, Greg, going back, geez, through the Vinny and Marty and Richie days. Yeah. When the forwards want to work on this team, it all comes together. And the forwards are coming back. Uh, you know they're helping defensively, the, and I think as a group they move the puck up the ice a little bit better. It all depends on them. I think you your goalie Vassy's not as exposed as we've seen him in the past, where he's had yeah. to make marvelous saves and and have these ridiculous games like he's he's had right. in the past. Um, the defense they're not looking 60 feet up the ice. How am I going to get this pass through? They've got forwards back with them, and they can make plays easier. They're playing very solidly without Ryan McDonough. So you know that as a Mikhail Sergeyev steps up right. and you get McDonough back and healthy, this is going to be an even stronger unit. But I think the forwards uh, buying in and being more of a part of a, a disciplined system has made a big difference. Coming
2: back and helping out on defense, yeah. for sure, as you just said. Rick Peckham joining us here on Lightning Power Play Live. I- I've made the comment, I'm curious what you think, because you've obviously been with this team right from the start. The back end for the Lightning, I think, has the potential to be maybe the best they've ever had for the reasons you gave a little bit. Mikhail Sergachev seems like he's taken a couple of steps here. Shattenkirk maybe regaining the form that we saw in St. Louis, where he was a great offensive defenseman. Of course, we know about Hedy and how good he is. McDonough and Chernak have been really good together. And then you have some veterans who you can plug in in Coburn and Ruta and Shen. How do you assess the back end? And do you feel like this is maybe the most talented you've seen in quite some time?
3: I think when you look at it from the depth standpoint, it is. Yeah. Um, you look at uh, a, a Jan Ruda, who didn't even get in a game until right. what, November? Yeah. And he's played like 15 out of 17, something like that, and he looks like he's you know, a regular part of this group of six. Luke Shen hasn't been called on a lot, but when he's been in there against a Nashville, he got the best of uh, – Austin Watson in a big fight. Yeah. Uh, he's been physical against Washington in those games. Uh, he's sure quieted down the Buffalo Sabres when they were right. kind of laying in the weeds, right. you know, uh, figuring they were going to get a little retribution on the Lightning in that yeah. game in Buffalo recently. He, so he stepped in and done the job when he's been asked to. Braden Coburn is always in great shape. Physically and ready to go when called upon, So and he knows what's going on in terms of the system. So the depth has been tremendous, and then you add a Sergeyev that we're talking about here and how he's taken steps to where maybe last year he would measure how well he was playing by his point total or right? whether he was scoring goals, and he'd get frustrated if he wasn't scoring Well, he's now taken more pride, it seems, in defensive play. His reads are better, so much more physical, and you can just see that confidence oozing in him. Um, And you you blend him in with a Chernak. We know what we've got there. McDonough and and Hedman. Shattenkirk has been tremendous as well, Uh, not only offensively, but defensively. He's been good. He has been very good. So this is a really, really solid unit, I think.
2: Rick, what do you make of people that said last year, well, you know, one of the reasons why they lost in the first round, they didn't face a ton of adversity during the regular season. They didn't have to. And that maybe this year they are dealing with some adversity, especially early on. They weren't in a playoff spot. They they ring off as many wins as they have, and here they are. And that somehow maybe that will help them if and when they do. I think we all believe that they will be in the playoffs. Do you buy that argument? Do you feel like there's something to be said for facing some adversity in the regular season and then trickling into the playoffs and helping you? advance
3: absolutely um i think you see teams like last year columbus a couple of others really had to play lights out down the stretch and and as they would say these are our playoff games so we're already playoff ready right and in some cases that was absolutely true i think the lightning things came so easy to the lightning last year you can't manufacture adversity right you just take what comes at you and if you're going to cruise every night to, to victory whether you win 6-4 or 6-1 you're going to get six goals That's you right. know you're going to get those it's not your fault and i think that uh, they have had the adversity this year and uh, they've had to really iron things out to, as Steven Stamko says, you know, hey, inside the room we kept the belief going. Well, yeah, they did, but you could see in their play they were a little hesitant, didn't always have the confidence because of the way uh, the puck had been bouncing against them or the way things had turned out or teams were ready for them based on how well they played through the regular season last year. They've kind of fought through that, and you can see they're a much more cohesive team, and the way they're winning, defending leads as well as they have yeah. Winning the 2-1 games, they're doing that. They're coming from behind as they did, uh, you know, against Buffalo and against Ottawa. So you can see that this is a team that has grown over the course of that first half of the season. So definitely the adversity has helped them.
2: You've seen Alex Klorin a lot. He's putting it all together this year. Is it just a guy coming into his own, 30 years old, kind of really getting into the prime of his career? Do you feel like there's some other factors here that's really playing into what's turning out to be a career year for the guy? Well,
3: yeah, I mean, you've watched uh, a long time, Greg, in in terms of his career and how things have gone for him and some of these other guys. And, you know, he's shown us flashes here. He's looked great on this particular night. He's done this particular skill very well. And it just seems like the whole picture has come into focus for him. And maybe it is a maturity, maybe it was, um, you know, the the preseason talk the coaches had with him about, hey, you know, we lost some leaders in Strawman and Girardi, right. Callahan. We need new leaders to step up, and you're a guy who's been here 500 games. You can do that. And maybe just taking a little bit more of that responsibility on himself. He's asking for more from himself maybe than he has in the past, yeah. and it's all come together for him. Uh, he's, been, he's had such an impact, really, in every
2: facet of the game. He's been tremendous. And I wonder, too, how much playing with Sorelli – Has helped, You know, Rick, we talk about the depth this team has down the middle now with Point and Sorelli. You have Paquette. Stammer, of course, can go down the middle, and Tyler Johnson as well. But Sorelli seems like a guy that uh, you wanted to see maybe what he could do in a top-six role, and it's like he really forced his way into that by playing well, and Colon has played well with him.
3: Yeah, one of the great things about Anthony Sorelli, and it's not just that he's another skilled guy that's come through the system and made this team, is that he's so different He's different than Tyler Johnson. He's different from Braden Point. He's just a straight-ahead guy. We don't have very many straight-ahead guys on this team, let's face it. And he brings an element that you need. And, you know, this is all about setting things up for success in the playoffs boy do you ever need that element in the playoffs totally fearless as we've seen him go uh you know it's almost like he's playing that human bowling game they play at the intermission sometimes where he just barrels right (laughs) into the net he does i mean that's that's the style he has and i think it perfectly complements uh the great skill on this team but he's also proving he can play with skill and not everybody can do that
2: mentioned skill tyler johnson's a guy that's Maybe not this season he's wanted today, but he's a proven 20 goal scorer. Do you feel like it's important for him to really find his game, the remaining 40 plus games here before they get into the postseason? Because he seems like a guy that we talk about depth scoring can really provide that for him.
3: Yeah, I think that uh, a year, two years ago, he would really be struggling with how he's been yeah. used this season, but he's mature enough. You know, he's been here the 500 games and, and, and so forth. Um, like Kalorn, like Palat. Those guys, are, they're now veterans. It's yeah. hard for us to wrap our heads around that a little bit, but uh, he is, and I think he's mature enough to handle. You know, sometimes he takes a deep breath and a sigh and like, wow, you know, i got to go back to playing right wing or I'm on this line and I'm not seeing top six minutes and things like that. Um, but he's mature enough to handle it, and he we know his skill and what an impact he can have in a game with his speed. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, having a... That versatility that he brings, um, it's kind of a blessing and a curse in, in a way that uh, it's a blessing because you know the team is itself is never in a desperate straight because they can always plug Tyler Johnson yeah. in there. He's going to give you a quality minutes. He's going to give you a quality performance and come up with a big goal. He's been so clutch. But at the same time, he doesn't find that one line that he can – count on all season long and, and play with those guys on a consistent basis. But I, I think he's a guy who's going to be very important in the second half because of the fact yeah. that, you know, you can plug him in there, and he's still productive. For
2: sure. Rick Peckham joining us here on Lightning Power Play Live. A more questions for you, Rick. I wanted to ask you, um, Eric Erlandson from lightninginsider.com and, and Lightning Lunch brought this to my attention. We were downstairs eating, and he said, did you see the reports that Justin Williams was um, apparently on the radar? for the Tampa Bay Lightning to be signed had Carolina not been the team that he went back to. And I'm I'm curious, we talked about the second half of the season heading into the playoffs. Because Julian really didn't do a heck of a lot last year at the trade deadline, and maybe because of the pressure he may feel to really get this team over the hump without getting in names, do you feel like they would need to do something? And if so, at what position?
3: Well, I think uh, goaltender, all set there. We just talked about yeah. the defense. I think uh, this team's all set there. I think the question is going to be those bottom six forward spots, how that shakes out in the second half. Talking with Rick Tockett, of course, Lightning former uh, head coach uh, this morning, and he was talking about his fourth line with Henestrosa on it and a couple other guys. He says you really need a good fourth line if you're going to go deep in the playoffs. yeah. And, you know, we're seeing Carter Verhage enjoy the night of his life the other night. Mitchell Stevens has played very well, and game by game, we're seeing that they're looking more and more comfortable as NHL players. Yeah, I think a lot depends on how well they can continue to progress and become integral to, to this sure. team because you know right now they're getting the opportunities. Maybe Matthew Joseph comes back from Syracuse and you know can score some goals and get his confidence going. We know what impact he can make. But that's going to be key, I think, those bottom six. And you get Paquette and Maroon playing together. Yanni Gord, if he can get going with the scoring, uh, you know, he does a lot of other things that helps this team. I think that bottom six is something to keep an eye on. And whether, you know, uh, a month and a half from now, Julian's looking seriously to add to that or... Uh, you know, just what his thoughts are. That's going to be critical, I think, to uh, to finishing this season.
2: You mentioned Yanni Gord. He's a guy that's another proven 20-goal scorer. Yeah. Hasn't worked well, but he has played well with that fourth line. Well, the Paquette line with But yeah. well, we have seen John Cooper switch things up. And, and your partner on on the uh, telecast, Brian Engblom, brought up a good point during the last call the other game. He said, you know, there's a reason why John Cooper switches up the lines when you may not think so is to keep everybody fresh playing with one another. And that made a lot of sense and probably one of the reasons why we've seen some of the line shuffling when you would think, well, why would you break up Corn and Sorelli? Yeah. You know, which was pretty interesting.
3: Yeah, and it's you look at how he does it in-game, and I think that's been a great skill he's had is yeah. knowing when to make that change. I mean, you can sit there and say, wow, you know, maybe we'll change the lines up for this game looking ahead. Yeah. Well, he's smart enough, and uh, he's been behind that bench now eight years. He... he he sees it right and, yeah uh, this team needs a jolt they're getting a little pr- too predictable right uh we need to get this guy going let's mix him up a little bit and what results he got in buffalo he tried it again in ottawa and you know here are the lines tonight we'll right. see if they stay together and whether stamp goes point and kucherov remain together they're certainly productive and uh uh he's had the the right touch in, in putting that together it's
2: always nice to have that line as a default line right yes yeah guys nice go fallback. out there get, get four <laughs> goals for us tonight rick as always thank you so much for coming on we appreciate it have fun on the call tonight and uh, we'll do it again real soon
3: okay great thanks very much there you go the great rick Rick. peckham
2: always enjoy his analysis and uh check his call out tonight on sun sports all right when we return we'll talk to joe smith from the athletic don't forget too we've got richard morin from the uh arizona republic as well we'll get his thoughts on this coyotes team uh phil castle taylor hall a lot of really good players uh, on this Coyotes team, a lot better offensively, no doubt about that. And uh, we'll break it all down a little bit with Richard coming up uh, in segment four. But we'll talk to Joe Smith when we come back as we get you set for Lightning and Coyotes. It's live here at Emily Arena, right here on Lightning Power Play.
0: You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live.
2: Shot taken, Mulkin! What a save by Vasilowski! No rebound!
0: The latest news, interviews, and more. No. With your host, Greg Linnelli on Lightning Power Play.
2: Tonight is going to be a fantastic game if you go by the records. The Tampa Bay Lightning and Arizona Coyotes have the same amount of points. The Coyotes played a couple more games than the Lightning. But when you take a look at Arizona this year, a bit different than in years past, keep in mind, haven't made the playoffs since 2012. They're a team that has gotten a lot better offensively. And they're a team that's much better defensively for sure. But I think you can say the same thing for the Tampa Bay Lightning this year. The Lightning are starting to play, I think, the way a lot of people envisioned before the season started. took them a while to get there, but that's okay, folks. As I said before, the playoffs don't start 35 games into the regular season. You want to see where this team finishes, obviously, at the end and how they're playing. But if right now this eight-game win streak is any indication, then the Tampa Bay Lightning should be just fine. Certainly injuries can derail a year, for no doubt about that. And the Lightning dealing with Ryan McDonough, for sure. I don't know how long he'll be out. But I think when you take a look at collectively how this team has been constructed, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Arizona Coyotes have looked at Tampa Bay as the model team on how to build a championship club. Elite goaltending, depth at every position, star power, and, of course, coaching ability. Doesn't always come together every year. And certainly the Lightning are still chasing a Stanley Cup with this core group of players. But I don't think it's because they have the wrong personnel necessarily. Things happen in the playoffs. We've talked about that over and over again, particularly last year against Columbus. But if Tampa Bay plays the way they're playing right now, and obviously they want to tighten some things up and and be even better, but if the foundation of how they're playing during this eight-game win streak translates into the playoffs, you very well could see the Tampa Bay Lightning going on a very long playoff run. Now again, we're halfway through the season. A lot can still change. But you feel better about how Tampa Bay is playing, I think, this year than maybe even last year where by their own admission, as Julian Breezois spoke to the media and said two weeks ago, there were games where we would win 6-5 to five and we'd come out talking to John Cooper and say, I'm not sure I-, I liked how we played. I think for the most part, the Lightning have liked how they played this year. Sometimes they haven't been rewarded. Now they are, and they feel really good about where this team is headed. They're, of course, led by their stars, Steven Stamkos, Braden Points. Nikita Kucherov, Victor Hedman, and Andre Vasilevsky, all of those players are performing well. Vasi in particular, I don't think it's any coincidence that during this eight-game win streak, Vasilevsky has continued to lead this team and get closer to playing at the level he did last year. But one thing you need to keep in mind when it comes to goaltending, as good as Vasi was last year, and he was the best goaltender in the league, and I still think he's the best goaltender in the league, Even if he doesn't approach the level that he played out last year for this year, that doesn't mean he can't be as effective. Because I think the Lightning understood once the offseason hits that they were going to have to change some things up to help out their goaltenders. Because you can't rely on Vasilevsky to bail your team out consistently on a nightly basis because you want to play a certain style that doesn't necessarily translate to the postseason. When there's an opportunity to go for the kill and push the puck up the ice and make that cross-ice pass, then do it. But when it's not there, don't do it. Because what we've seen this year is that at times, maybe more so this year than last, it's ended up in Tampa Bay's own nets. And so, to avoid a lot of stress on your goaltenders this year, let's play a little less reckless, let's play smarter, and let's take less penalties. No doubt it's been a work in progress, but I think you're starting to see progress, and that's a good thing when it comes to this Lightning team. At Greg Linnelli, here on News Radio WFLA and Lightning Power Play, glad you're with us. Hit me up on Twitter, at Greg Linelli. As I said before, when you take a look at this win streak that Tampa Bay's on, they're getting a lot of different contributions from a lot of different players. Against Vancouver, it was Carter Verhege getting a hat trick. But it could have been, against Carolina, the play of the goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky. Or in Montreal, it could have been Braden Points or Nikita Kucherov. I mean, there are a lot of different factors that go into a game in terms of who comes out on top. And for the Tampa Bay Lightning, what makes them so dangerous and why so many people like them to go far in the playoffs, even though it was disappointing last year, they have a lot of options. Rick Tockett... The former Lightning head coach and, of course, the current Coyotes head coach talked about that. They're the best team in the league right now. And you know a team is really well coached and is really good when the player with the puck is surrounded by his teammates going into the offensive zone who are there for support. And you're seeing the Lightning play with speed, play with tenacity, and it's ended up being 16 points the last eight games and because of that they've moved up the standings and are in second place and a lot of people i think a month ago would have said maybe that didn't work out at greg linelli on twitter if you want to get in touch with me you can coming up in our next segment richard morin from the arizona republic we'll get some thoughts on why arizona is playing as well as they have and a lot like tampa bay maybe to a lesser extent they're getting good goaltending they're getting their star players, for the most part, to contribute. And I think for the first time in Arizona, at least in a while, they've got some depth offensively. You know, before with the, the Coyotes, you had a couple of guys who could score. But the rest of the way, uh, it was a situation where um, they had to win games one nothing because they just couldn't fill the nets. Of course, it's different in Tampa Bay when you have a lot of players who can do that. But for the Coyotes, they now have Phil Kessel, Taylor Hall, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmoltz, and then on the back end, you've got Jacob Chikrin, you've got Oliver ekman larsson you've got some guys there, and Alex Goligosky, who can move the puck and can be point producers on the back end. They've really never had that. And so far this year, you've seen them now uh, pick up a lot of points, and now they're in first place in the Pacific Division. This will be a tough game. And as I said in the open of my show, right at 530. I think a lot of people were interested to see Vancouver and whether they were legit or not. And while I still think they're a good team, Tampa Bay did put nine goals on them and probably made them feel like they didn't deserve to be on the same ice. But I think when I compare Vancouver and Arizona, I think the Coyotes are a little better uh, structurally, put together better, and have a lot more depth. And so I think when we take a look at Tuesday's night's game to tonight's game Tampa Bay better be ready to go because I do think the Coyotes can present more challenges than Vancouver. So if you want to react to that you can at Greg Linnelli let us know what you think about the game tonight. Do you feel like Tampa Bay is starting to find that groove and be that team that you envisioned before the season started? And who do you think has another gear to get to when we start talking about the remaining 40 games for this Lightning team? I think a guy like Yanni Gord, for sure. Tyler Johnson, no doubt about that. I think those are two players to keep an eye on. Whether they're in a top six role or in a bottom six, those players are very important, I think, to Tampa Bay's success, especially come playoff time. All right, Richard Moran from the Arizona Republic. He will be up next. We'll get his thoughts on this game tonight. Thanks to uh, Rick Peckham, who joined us in the previous segment, which you could hear exclusively on Lightning Power Play. Don't forget, after the game tonight, Brian Engblom will join me for the last call. Of course, we've got Dave Michigan and Phil Esposito on the call. We'll also hear from Kaylee Chelios and Eric Erlinson, in addition to a bunch of player sound ready for you to get this game started. Should be a good one tonight from Emily Arena, the Lightning and the Coyotes. We'll talk to Richard Moran when we return right here. On Lightning Radio.
0: You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live.
2: Cosby, open in front,
0: backhand shot. What a save. miraculous stop! The latest news, interviews, and more. Finally! With your host, Greg Lanelli. Oh, the relief on his face! On Lightning Power Play.
3: You know, you love competition, you like playing against the best. Tampa's the best team in the league right now uh, in the sense that they've won eight in a row. They've played really well the last six, seven weeks. Scoring a lot of goals. They're playing like they did last year, you know, and it's a good test for us.
2: It is a good test for, I think, both teams tonight here at uh, Amelie Arena, as we get you set for Lightning and Coyotes, should be a, a very good one. And here to talk about it a little bit more, we've had him on the show before. Our good friend from the Arizona Republic, he covers the Coyotes there for that newspaper Let's welcome back to the program Beat Reporter Richard Moore. And Richard, first up, great to be with you. You just heard Rick Tockett talk, talk about the game tonight and um, the Coyotes going against a really hot lightning team. But this Coyotes team, uh, in some ways, in first place in the Pacific Division, I'm sure have surprised many when you take a look at maybe the projections for the beginning of the year up till now. Has Has their play up to this point surprised you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks again for for having me. Always a pleasure to be on the show with you. And uh, yeah, I think they definitely surprised a lot of people, none more perhaps than John Shika, because he was so impressed by this team and what they've done in the first half that he went out and he acquired Taylor Hall as sort of a reward to this group that has shown maybe more than a lot of projections uh, thought they would. I think uh, at the beginning of the season, the Coyotes would have just been happy with, a playoff berth and i think now they have their sights set on maybe a little bit more maybe getting into the second round i think those are uh the realistic expectations for this team but again this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2012 so i think just getting in would be refreshing for a lot of fans but this is a team with a lot of talent you mentioned they're in first place they have some big name players now phil kessel taylor hall as i mentioned a good young nucleus some key players like jacob checker that i think in, in my mind are becoming elite type players and uh, a good goaltending tandem that is injured right now, but uh, they'll both be back on the ice before season's end. So uh, I think this is a team to be reckoned with for sure. And uh, yeah, they they've definitely been making some noise.
2: Well, let me let's go there with the roster, Richard, because I think when you look at it, without stating the obvious, and even if the stats don't necessarily reflect it, this team just has more options offensively, don't they? Even without Taylor Hall, it really feels like there are more guys this year who can fill the net with a little more regularity than in years past.
1: Yeah, and they needed that, right? I mean, they were uh, near the bottom in goals scored last year. Clayton Keller, who had an amazing rookie year in 17-18, really had a down year last year in 18-19. And it was kind of, uh, you're kind of thinking, you know, who is going to be the guy this year? You go out and you acquire Phil Kessel. And, you know, Phil has been pretty hot as of late, I think, six points in his last four games. But overall, he's, he's been a little bit of a disappointment. He hasn't uh, had that goal-scoring touch that he's seen in years past. And, uh, you're kind of sitting here wondering you know, what's going to happen, but you know, Nick Smoltz is is among the league leaders in assists. I think Clayton Keller has come into his own. Again, you you bring in a guy like Taylor Hall, and I think that's helped Bill Kessel, Connor Garland. You just got to stop doubting the guy. I mean, he's still leading the team in goals. I think he leads the Coyotes in goals since he uh, joined the club last December. So, uh, yeah, they have way more options on offense now, and they're still a really tight defensive group with a lot of good Uh, Blue liners, and and really they're getting their best defensive defenseman, Nick Jalmerson, back in the next few games. And uh, once their goaltenders come back, if they can get all three areas of their game clicking at once, really, that's not something they've seen all year long, despite their success. I don't think they've had all three things clicking. If they can get that, I don't know. It's going to be tough to beat this team.
2: Richard, how has Taylor Hall fit in? I've got to think when management decided to make that move, it had to have given a jolt to the players on that roster currently.
1: He's fit in pretty well, I think. You know, they, They've tried him. They tried him with Phil Kessel. Uh, I don't really think that worked as well as they thought. And Then they put him with Connor Garland, who, again, a lot of Lightning fans might not know who Connor Garland is, and that's okay. <laughs> but he came in last year and, and just had that goal-scoring touch that uh, was – nobody expected him to be able to do this he just puts the puck on the net finds creative ways to score goals and he's continued to do that this year he's a he's a small player but he's a real fast and shifty skater he can stop on a dime and distribute the puck as well as find creative ways to get it on net so that style seems to have worked really well with Taylor Hall and i think the secret sauce may be Christian Dvorak uh, who is kind of their de facto top line center right now one of the top faceoff men in the league and establishing that puck possession Uh, and uh, he's also a really good two-way defenseman. So I think establishing puck possession as well as uh, playing a good defensive game has allowed Taylor Hall to not only have the puck in the offensive zone, but the uh, freedom to be creative with it as well uh, since Christian Dvorak is playing so well defensively.
2: You know, Phil Kessel, Richard, is one of those players that comes with an expiration date. He did great things in Pittsburgh, but it was time to move on clearly. He goes to Arizona where Rick Tockett had a relationship with him in Pittsburgh, and there was the thinking there, as you know, that... All right, if anybody can get Kessel motivated, so to speak, or get him producing again, it is a guy like Rick Tockett. But up to this point, it's been disappointing for Kessel. Is it just a slow start? Is it something else? I know one of the things in Pittsburgh, he was really good on the power play, but oftentimes fancied himself as more of a playmaker and not a goal scorer, so hence maybe didn't shoot as much. Do you see that happening in Arizona?
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. I think we're all kind of trying to figure it out. He's been really good on the power play, but again, he's been that playmaker, really hasn't been the goal scorer. He's not setting up in the circle uh, waiting for shots, really. I mean, if if anybody watched that game against the Florida Panthers on Tuesday, go back and watch the highlights. I mean, Taylor Hall just absolutely was ripping them off from his faceoff circle. So I think that's kind of the game plan. They're going to keep sticking with that. Uh, you know that's kind of their best option scoring wise but you know Phil's been good he's been playmaking on the the power play Had a couple assists uh, the other night and uh, yeah that's kind of been the thing it's been a disappointment I don't think he he has his shot the biggest thing uh, he had a groin injury early in the year and uh, Kessel has the Ironman streak and uh, you know I don't think he wanted to come out of the lineup and he was playing at at less than 100 percent and I think that really hampered his skating he wasn't as explosive he wasn't getting open and a lot of his passes just haven't found guys. A lot of his shots are going wide. So I think it's a little bit more than the injury. I think he's healthy now, and you're just kind of kind of scratching your head because you you watch Phil Kessel and uh, some nights there's just really not a whole lot to like about his game. But again, six points in his last four games. I think maybe he's uh, certifying just his niche a little bit and and maybe not trying uh, trying too hard or harder than he needs to 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 force the shots. I think maybe he's just kind of settling in as a as a playmaker, realizing that he can he can help out in other ways too. And and again, that's, that's why uh, acquiring a guy like Taylor Hall helps in so many different ways because right. it takes the pressure off. Oh, you know, you just, Phil doesn't have to be the only guy who, who puts the fuck on that. Now you have another guy in Taylor Hall who can do those other things too. So I think it allows Phil to, to settle in a little bit, and maybe not uh, put as much pressure on himself.
2: Richard, we know the Coyotes are very good defensively. Can you get into maybe why they're so good defensively? Is it structure? Is it personnel? And how much of that is goaltending? An area right now where, as you said, there are some injury issues.
1: Yeah, first of all, it is structure. I think uh, when the Coyotes are playing well, they're they're playing real tight defensively. They're real they're real stingy in the neutral zone. And but the other part of that too is they're not just stay-at-home defensemen. I mean, the Coyotes require if if they're going to play well, it's it's moving the puck and it's quick to, it's quick zone exits. That's how they beat heavy teams. And I think they understand that as as these uh, as the season wears on. And you know, if they get into the playoffs, they're going to be playing a lot of heavy teams. They want to counter that style with uh, with their speed and with quick defensive zone exits, and they want to beat you in the transition game. So it's structure in the neutral zone, it's structure in the defensive zone, and then it's having those D-men who can make those uh, big breakout passes. And those that's where guys like Oliver ekman Larson, that's where guys like Alex Galagoski and definitely Jacob Chikrin, who has emerged into an elite-level defenseman this year, uh, that's where those guys really shine because they are great in all phases of those uh, – uh, in all three of those phases. So – that's the thing, and I, and I do think it helps the goaltenders, too. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll do credit to Auntie Ronta and Darcy Kemper, who uh, I do think have really come into their own as, as above average and very, very proficient goaltenders. But you watch Aiden Hill, and I think Aiden Hill was really good uh, against Florida on Tuesday. He's their third-string goalie right now with both uh, Ronta and Kemper out. He made 37 saves, but... Really, I don't think he had to make too many high danger saves because of the way the Coyotes were playing in front of him. So I do think the goaltending success is a bit of a product of that good defensive structure. But, uh, you know, I I don't want to say that and and not give credit to the goaltenders because I do think they've done a, a fantastic job as well when they have had to make those high danger saves.
2: Richard, I think it's always interesting, an organization that maybe has struggled for a few years finally get to this point where things start to click. But this has been a few years in the making, hasn't it? I mean... To be able to get maybe the finishing pieces in a guy like Taylor Hall, a superstar, you can't do that unless you have the foundation built. And this is where the drafting and the planning and the developing all lead into where they are today. Can you maybe walk us through that process of how well maybe this team has structured the organization and the personnel to the point where you feel like at every level, the Arizona Coyotes have a lot of depth?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I think Lightning fans uh, just need to look in the mirror to to figure out why, because I know talking to a lot of Coyotes executives, both business, on the business side and on the hockey side, they've really looked at what the Lightning have done uh, in, in the last several years, last decade or so, and said, hey, why can't we do that? That's a that's a non-traditional hockey market uh, that had its struggles, and, and now look at them. I mean, they're a world-beater. They're a world-class organization on and off the ice, and I think the Coyotes looked at that and said, why not us, And and they wanted to... Uh, sort of do some of those things and implement some of those things that the Lightning Brass did those years ago. And I think you're seeing the fruits of that labor. I mean, John Czajka came in in 2016, uh, assuming his current role and he inherited a, a hot mess on and off the ice. And uh, he rebuilt through the draft and he brought his own people in. And, uh, you know, he kind of, uh, he basically removed everybody he didn't want. And I think the only holdovers from uh, pre-John Czajka are Oliver of Reckman Larson and Brad Richardson. That's it. Everybody else is brand new. They're all, guys that Chica has uh, either uh, had in the system in the minors or that he's drafted or brought in by a free agency or trade. So uh, it took, a, it took a, a fairly long time, but you're right. It's been an upward climb, and uh, you saw the Coyotes last year in the second half. I mean, they finished just four points out of a playoff spot. I mean, they were right there. They were contenders, and it was this Florida trip that really derailed their season. They uh, went through uh, They went through Florida, and then they went through the New York metropolitan area. Uh, late in the season and it's really what cost them the points that they needed to get into the playoffs. so uh, the coyotes are coming into this trip uh, it's all business and and they're looking for some payback against these teams because they understand that uh, these are crucial points against non-conference teams that they need to clean up and uh, uh, they did that against florida and they're going to look to do that against the lightning too they've won four straight so uh you know i know the lightning are hot but so are the coyotes
2: Richard Morin from the Arizona Republic joins us here on Lightning Power Play Live and News Radio WFLA. Richard, last question for you. How have the fans gravitated towards this team this year with a hot start?
1: Yeah, it's been much better. I actually had a story, uh, uh, sports.easycentral.com, if you guys want to go and check that out. But it was uh, about their increased attendance and about their uh, increased uh, fan engagement, TV ratings. Uh, All of those things are up, certainly since the Taylor Hall trade, but really since the summer when they signed Phil Kessel and brought in their new majority owner, Alex Morello, uh, when they brought those guys in in the summer, it really uh, it really sparked something in the marketplace. And again, Phoenix Market is a big one. It's a, it's a top five, top six uh, TV market in the country. So uh, there's a lot of people here and, and a lot of potential fans. So when you bring in those big names and, and you start to show fans that something real is going on here, you start to see that. And so you, you saw that in the summer and it kind of continued through. Uh, the start of the season when the Coyotes were competitive and then you go out and trade for Taylor Hall and it was another quantum leap forward. They sold out uh, two games on their most recent homestand, which is uh, which is a very good sign. So two crowds over 17,000 and then uh, their TV ratings I think are up uh, very, very significantly in uh, uh, the December numbers when they traded for Taylor Hall. So all positive things going forward and the Coyotes just want to keep, uh, keep getting the new fans in the door and, and once you get those once you get those people in the building, you want to show them uh, that, that you know this is something that you want to stick around for, and that's why the Coyotes need to start playing a little bit better on home. They did the most recent homestand, but they've struggled for the most part, so uh, you need to play well at home in front of those fans, retain them, and, and, and make them fans for life, and that's kind of the key, and I know that's kind of a similar recipe to what the Lightning uh, uh, did all those years ago.
2: Richard, great stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again as these two teams will meet one more time, and um, enjoy the game tonight.
1: All right. Can't wait.
2: Richard Moran from the Arizona Republic joining us here on News Radio, WFLA, and Lightning Power Play. The pregame show is up next. Should be a good one tonight, right here on Lightning Power Play, News Radio, WFLA.